Welcome back to the tail end of season one of Podcast Parables. I'm your host, Courtney Lee, and I am so thankful you are here. I have been playing this verse over and over in my head as I reflect on these first 13 episodes. 2 Samuel 7, 18. Who am I, O sovereign Lord, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? I've been doing some of what King David did, sitting before the Lord and praying, thanking him for all he has done. It's a gift to be a part of the family of God. If you haven't yet had a chance to listen in to the other bonus episodes, or if you missed an unnamed woman or two, please go back and listen. It's my prayer that their stories would bless you tremendously. Today's conversation features a dear sister in Christ who has walked some really hard roads of life. But Cindy is also a woman who is held by an awesome God. And this is her story. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back to Podcast Parables. I'm your host, Courtney Lee, and I have some sweet stuff for you today. I have invited on a very dear and precious friend, Cindy, and she is from Wyoming. She is a wife, a mom, is involved in ministry, and can play the piano as brilliantly as anyone I've ever known. Um, (laughs) We are just delighted that you're here, Cindy. Thank you so much. Welcome. I am so glad to be with you, Courtney. I'm way excited about getting to spend some time with you. Yes, it is true. It is for you listeners. This is this is a delight because Cindy and I don't often get to connect, and now we're doing it and recording it for all of you. And um, it's it's just such a such a blessing anytime we get to spend time together. So, listeners, you're in for a treat because we love it, and we know that you will as well. Cindy and I go way back, um, actually, uh, to my high school days. Um, We were involved in the same church. Cindy and her husband, Terry, have their own story, which we'll get into. But how mine connects to theirs is um, I was actually interested in getting a college speech scholarship. So they uh, were the coaches there, and they offered me a scholarship. So I got to travel all over the United States with them be under their leadership on our college speech and debate team. And they got to see me quirks and all in my, you know, wonderful growing up years of becoming an adult. And I am just grateful for the impact they have had on my life. They didn't um, necessarily care as much about the outcome of what I could offer them as a result of being on their team, but uh, who I was and uh, where my heart was at. And so for that, I am forever grateful to Terry and Cindy Mm -hmm. and uh, Cindy just Thank you for that, for that memory, and um, for us being able to do that Bible study in the middle of that college. I think we were like down by the bookstore, and we would just open up that Bethmore. Mm-hmm. Was that right? That's correct. Bethmore study. It was one of the, I think maybe the first for both of us Bethmore studies that really opened opened the gates for Bible study and spiritual things in both of our lives. I would say. Right, believing God was what. That's it was. right. That's right. I, I think I still have that somewhere. I'm gonna have to, yeah. have to try to find it, see our notes. <laughs> so Cindy, um, thanks so much for being here. Would you just uh, give the listeners just a little preview about who you are, uh, where you're from, what you love? What are you all about? Well, um, you, you kind of uh, alluded to some of it. I, I started playing piano when I was six. And so um, who I was and who I am, I have always, I've, 
a piano player. I've been a piano player all my mm-hmm. life. And wow. that, in fact, that's actually the longest relationship I have had with anyone or anything on the face of the earth because my parents are gone now. Mm. Um, and so it's really odd to be able to say that my longest relationship has been with an inanimate object but because it's the piano, there's, there's connection there. I'm able to say things with my music that I can't say mm. with words. Wow. And so it's a very living, breathing relationship that has spanned uh, 55 years, actually. Wow. So wow. That, that's a, that's a, big, a big part of who I am, but it's not who I am like it used to be. Oh, um, wow. So, I'm sure we'll get yeah. into that. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I uh, alluded to Terry. So you're married yes. and tell us about your kiddos and your grandkids a little bit. Um, and then, uh, yeah, anything, what you love, maybe a quick hobby. Um, just okay. who are you? Well, Terry is my beloved. Um, we've been, we've been married for 21 years and uh, he, he is the best thing. <laughs> Mm. he was he was a gift from God yeah uh, for me so um, I was a a broken wounded uh, shattered woman when he met me I had just come out of a a pretty rough uh, time in my life with a first marriage Mm. and a rough divorce out of that marriage there were three sons born to us and uh Um, Terry has accepted them as his own. He is an amazing, amazing bonus dad, as we like to say. And uh, we all enjoy uh, six beautiful grandchildren from those three sons. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody is spread out all over the, all over the country. So um, actually none of my family is here in Casper except for Terry. And um, so we, we have bonded in a way that, um, he, he truly is a picture of um, how God loves his bride, the church, mm. because that's how he treats me. Um, mm. I am so blessed. I am so blessed. So um, we do. Uh, it's, it's interesting. Our, our hobby at the moment was running. Um, I've been a runner for 30 years. And mm-hmm. uh, since COVID hit, um, that was something we did together just to get outside in the yep. sunshine and being in Wyoming where there's hardly any people anyway, it was kind of a safe place. <laughs> True. <laughs> so we, we ran our legs off during, during the, uh, well, it's still going on of course, but now it's cold here, but uh, so much so that on our 21st wedding anniversary, which was the 31st of July this year, um, we ran uh, 21 miles together. Oh day. my goodness. That's <laughs> insane. So, but we did it together. So oh. it doesn't matter. <laughs> wow. I look back now and was like, why didn't I start running at the beginning of this thing? So good for you guys. Wow. Truly a sanity saver for, yeah. for me. Um, cause I, I put worship music in my ears and, uh, um, uh, we don't talk together when we yeah. run. We're not, we're both checked into what's in our ears and I worship my face off when I run and mm-hmm. God speaks to me during those times and he teaches me and it really, that, that really is my most um, treasured 
um, hobby slash what I do for fun, I guess, is the best way to describe that. Wow. Very impressive. And um, I'm sure we all wish, wish we had done that. Um, And it's very inspiring to hear of 21 miles on your 21st wedding anniversary. So cool. I would love to know that I, you know, you talked about um, meeting the love of your life, Terry, and how Mm. beautiful that relationship is and has been for a long time, 21 years. Um, But what, what happened? Did you, did you know Jesus when you met Terry or how did you know that he was a picture of, of God, um, of, of God and the church and how, how that all worked? Is it, is God someone you knew your entire life? Um, or what, what did that look like? How did, how did you come to know that? Um, well, that's a, that's an interesting question. I've always known, um, who God is. I, I remember getting baptized when I was five. Um, okay. Um, my mother married my, we, we called them step step parents back then. So I remember meeting my stepfather when I was three and um, moving to his hometown and I got baptized in his church as a five-year-old. So I've always known about God, but um, it was during that first marriage and the, the difficulties in that, that I really came to know God in a personal way and mm. um, surrendered my life to him. Um, cause I could not do this life on my own anymore. I had tried very hard, um, to do well on my own, um, and, and, uh, failed miserably. <laughs> and, <sighs> and so, um, over time though, uh, the marriage still died, even though we both had come to a, a saving space with, with Jesus, um, uh-huh. the marriage still died. And then after some time, um, I met Terry and, uh, we worked together actually in, uh, at the, the local college there, he worked on one side of the stage in theater and I worked on the other side of the stage in music and our paths never crossed for mm. five years, for five years. Wow. Until the time we, I'm certainly God ordained, uh, that we were both broken from a, from a first marriage and uh, we found each other and, uh, eventually decided to trust enough to, uh, try relationship together. And, uh, the rest is history. He, yes. Mm-hmm. He was, he's an amazing human. He, he's, it's easy to uh, love him and uh, because he, some people say I'm spoiled rotten because of how he treats me. I, and I, I tell them, I, I, I prefer to say that I'm well loved, but even if I am spoiled, I'm so grateful. So it's yes. like, it makes it okay. <laughs> right, right, right. So you meet Terry, you guys uh, begin a relationship, you fall in love, you get married and, um, and then, and then what does that look like? What is your growth? Not just in your marriage, but as a result of some of the things that have happened in your past, how do you, how do you come to face to face with Jesus? Like, what is, what does that look like your relationship with him? Those early years being married to Terry? Well, we started out, um, just, enthralled with life because we were married and we had these 
three young boys who mm-hmm. were enthralled with the idea of having Terry for a, a stepdad back then. Um, and then life got hard. Mm-hmm. Um, one by one, they they left us to uh, go live with it with their dad. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, even though now I understand that it wasn't. Um, at that point, it was uh, one of the most devastating things for me because I felt rejected by them. Yeah. And uh, was just shattered. Um, and, and Terry just stayed with me and helped me get through life when I couldn't find any purpose in living because my sons were gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that prepared us for a season of um, years, really, of battling um, addiction in our family. Um, and so we, we fought through that together. And that, that really, that first, that first son who uh, we discovered had a meth addiction um that's what broke me and i Mm -hmm. just ran to god to say i I need your help i can't do this life on my own um at that time meth addiction uh survival rate was three percent right and so um terrified we were i was terrified and it just so happened that we were, um, I had been friends off for God, from God for a while. And that, that next morning that we found out about his uh, addiction, I crawled in the back of my closet and found my Bible hmm. and opened it up. Um, and just, I said, I don't even know where to go, God. I, where, I just know you, you are the only one who can help me. Um, help help my son and help me mm-hmm. so just tell me where to go what to read and so I just opened the bible and it opened fell open to psalm 25 and I read that and I prayed through it and I cried over it uh, and I was comforted by those words it had been years since I had read um, before that and uh um, later that morning, that was a Sunday morning and we got, Terry got up and we, um, decided to go to church. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. and it just so happened that it was, um, your father's church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, so we go to church. I hadn't been there in a long time and worship started and it was great. And all of a sudden one of the worship leaders, stopped in the middle of the worship session and said, I'm so sorry. I just can't do this. And off she walked. She just left. She walked off the, down the center aisle of the church and she left. Whoa. And the, everybody was stunned. Is this a, is this a skit? Is right. this a skit? <laughs> what? And so the pat, the worship leader was like begging this woman to come back, please come back. And um, so we kind of all just, uh, we 
finished the worship worship set and then your father came up to preach and <laughs> welcomed all the newcomers <laughs> <laughs> which is you <laughs> and said uh you know we're real people here and life gets messy and uh so mm. I'm sure we will figure out what this is all about but for right now he said this was the third service that he was going to preach that weekend and uh, he said so I'm feeling led I'm not going to preach the message I have prepared. And he said, for some reason, uh, open your Bibles to Psalm 25. <laughs> and we're going to, we're going to study that this morning. And I just like melted in the pew. Mm. I mean, I knew God saw me. I knew mm -hmm. he heard me. I mean, I knew that wasn't a coincidence that God would change your father's heart to go to the same psalm that I had been in that. I mean, it was incredible. That you, quote, yeah. randomly opened in the closet yeah. in the morning. <laughs> and what a, um, I'm sure if, if we could interview a few others that were in that same service of what their perspective was um, of just what a door that opened for you, though, um, of, hey, you don't have to be perfect to be here. Right. You, you, know, you don't have to have your act together because clearly we're, we're a church made up of people who don't have their act together. Exactly. Um, and how I'm sure in a, in a hurtful and prideful sense of some of the people of like, oh, this is so embarrassing. And I can't believe like this is happening. And yet. God in his sovereignty saw fit that you were in the, the chairs that day. Or I don't know if there were yeah. chairs at that point or pews um, still, but uh, either way yeah. need to quit being surprised by God and how he mm -hmm. weaves his story in all of us. Yeah. And I can get so laser focused on what I think God wants that I forget by golly, he's been doing this for, you know, ever. And his story <laughs> yeah. is so much bigger than, than I could ever dream up or imagine. And yet there's, it is so special when we get to see some of that tapestry, like the, some of the, the, the stitches that now make sense looking back. Yes. And I'm so grateful for that and grateful in, for the podcast in that way of seeing, seeing the word of God open up that of like, Oh that's why that verse is there or, Oh, that's why that's mentioned there. There are these strings of story woven yeah. throughout and what a blessing it is to be a part of, of his kingdom and a relationship with him so that my story, even if it looks a mess right now is going to be woven into his greater story. And right. I can trust him with that because look what he's done with all these other people in the Bible and around me. Exactly. Exactly. So after that service, did was it like all in at that point? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, that, that makes it pretty clear. But, you know, it'd be fine if you took a day or two <gasps> to think about it. <laughs> yep. I always talk about um, we had a we had dogs in the past mm -hmm. and we took them. We called it puppy college. We took them to puppy college mm -hmm. for a season. And we had these two Labrador retrievers, Bo and Benelli, mm. when we and when they were itty bitty, we took them to puppy college. And the teacher was a friend of ours who 
um, said that when she saw the boys, she said, well, you know, you need a two by four between the eyes for your labs. That's how they learn. (laughs) 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 And sometimes I feel like that's how God takes (laughs) that. That Psalm 25 story is a, a two by four between my eyes. It's like, how can you not? I mean, I have to acknowledge his presence and his um, vision and his wisdom Mm -hmm. and his compassion. I mean, all I did that first morning was turn just a little bit. I had my back to him for years and I just turned just enough to open that Bible and lean in just a little bit. And he ran towards me Mm -hmm. like in less than four hours I mean it was it was stunning to me how quickly he returned my gaze Mm. won't he do it yes won't he do it yes so did life like get perfect after that I hear that's (laughs) what happens when you yeah get engaged with Jesus and they all came back to the house and all all things were good or and they all and they all lived happily ever after (laughs) no that's the way the world says isn't it right because that has not happened that has not happened things are still messy things are still broken I mean there's been great great progress um in all three of our, our son's lives, as far as relationship with them, the relationships have all been restored in some form and and fashion, Mm -hmm. fashion. Yeah. Um, uh, is it, are they perfect? Are the relationships perfect? No, no, but we aren't perfect people. Right. And so, um, we have our, we have our struggles. We have our bumps and bruises. We have our, uh, how do I, how do I manage relationships when, uh, they don't do life the way I think they should? <laughs> um, how do I, how do I do life when, uh, if I don't do what they think I should, they can, end my relationship, our relationship with our grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not easy. It's, it's not, uh, I know, uh, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on, on your own understanding and he will make your path straight. I, I haven't gotten to that part yet. Hmm. It's not straight and level and I mean there's there's moments of beautiful pasturing but there's there's been a lot of bouldering in our in our journey right we're scrambling and it's hard and cold and um we we fall and uh, but we we have each other to help each other back up I guess is the and Jesus is the center. I mean, we we went through a a, a difficult season, and uh, even after all of those times with the the boys, um, where we hit a rough patch between us, and it we ran 
to celebrate recovery, the organization mm. called celebrate recovery. And, uh, that really tested us as a couple, but it, um, got us to forgiveness hmm. and and it got me to a place where I learned there was a lot of work that I needed to do it wasn't just about me being surrounded by people who had addiction issues but it was time hmm. for me to look at where had my pride gotten me where um, where was I, how was I running my entire life out of guilt and shame over the things that I had done over the years and had buried them so no one would know what kind of a person I really was. Hmm. And Celebrate Recovery offered me the opportunity to really get honest with myself and God and to learn how to get freedom from all of that was for me to be open, honest, and transparent about those, the way I used to, the way I really was before, and even still am. I mean, being prideful, being um, rebellious towards God when he says to do something and I would say no, because I thought my way was better. Um, putting my children or my husband ahead of my relationship with God. Um, we call it codependent in today's world, but yeah. by, God calls it idolatry. Ooh. Oh. And you might was... want to say that one again. <laughs> <laughs> that was, we, that call, was a, yeah. we call we, it codependency. The Bible calls it. Or God calls it idolatry. Yes. Because putting anything in the God place in our life, number one, it disconnects us from our relationship with God Mm -hmm. and puts puts our vision on the thing to the side of us, either to another human or um, something on this earth or to ourself. Yeah. And that is all idolatry. And so that was such an old word. Yep. I mean, yeah, we don't hear that society much. Uh uh. Uh uh. But anything that I put in the God place is idolatry on my part. And that's what keeps me coming back to the cross because it's so insidious how easily it happens in this life for me. Mm -hmm. So, and I think, sorry. Uh, what what you said about going to celebrate recovery, and we'll link that information in the show notes if you're unfamiliar okay. with that organization. It's incredible. They do incredible work. But how you said it brought you to a place of transparency and honesty uh, about your own fill in the blank. Yeah. Um, and I think like that that is the way of Jesus. I mean, I think of when he was interacting with the Samaritan woman at the well, which we heard about in episode five here on the first season and how, you know, he wasn't interested um, in the small talk. He just went right for it and said, yeah, I know, I know you don't have a husband. I know you have had five and the guy you're with now is not, not the one, not your husband either. And how he just 
and not in a condemning way and not in a way that was shameful. Um, Even though he stood for truth, it was, listen, you're in the presence of Jesus and I know who you are and I know who I have made you to be. So why don't you go on back and bring people to, to, to see this, this man, Jesus and who I am and who I've called you all to be. And she, you know, obviously responds to that and goes back and tells everyone and brings them back and, you know, shouts the name of Jesus. And, uh, this man told me everything I was and everything I did. Um, but I, I think Cindy, that, that is an incredible truth that, that we, as, as women, as American Christians, as people who are involved in family units that may not be perfect. So all of us, that, um, we each need to rub up against that idea of, um, how open and honest and transparent are we being truly and like who who's really on the throne you know what idol right or what god are we putting there so cindy i would love to know um you've spoken a lot about what has gone on in your family dynamic how you um, came to meet jesus and how there has been a great recovery process in your life. But um, is there any specific instances where you can look back and just know this is when Jesus showed up for me? Um, anything that you haven't already mentioned that how he just showed up and did this in your life? You know, um, It's an interesting question because what he has been teaching me is that he, he is with me mm. and it's, it's not about what he does for me, like saving mm. my, saving my sons. I still have all three sons on this planet, which right. is a miracle right. um, when I think about where we were. Um, but thinking, giving, giving God, uh, my wish list and, uh, basing my opinion of him and my love for him on whether or not he says yes to me was a, uh, a moment of conviction for me that, do I love you because of what you do for me or do I love you because you love me first? And that um, it's not about what you do for me. It's the fact that you are always, always, always with me, right? That you, you don't walk out on me, whether I'm uh, your presence with me. It does not depend on my performance. Ooh, right. Your presence with me is based on your love for me. And so to be aware of that truth and to know that he was with me uh, when my dad was dying, that he was with me when my mom was dying, um, that he is... He is with my family right this minute. Um, in fact, I have I have family members in Oregon that mm. are staring down the barrel of a 
the fire is literally across the river from their where they live. Mm, sorry. Um, my my ex husband was is was evacuated in Colorado, and one of our sons and our one of our granddaughters live with him. I mean, it's. I mean, life life is not easy. Life is messy. Life is there are no guarantees, and I don't. Um, do I ask God to please save them? Yes. Um, but my love for him is not dependent on what he does for me anymore. That's such a, that's such a huge lesson. And I think it, it does come with growth and maturity in, in our walks with God. I do think there are certain points where we just are like, Oh yes, Lord, please, please, you know, do this, please help me here. Please, 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 please. And, and, um, sometimes God says yes to those. Um, but what you're saying is an incredible truth that at some point we're all going to have to reckon that in our own Mm -hmm. lives of Mm -hmm. is, is God truly just your genie in the bottle or is is he your all and everything and you trust in his sovereignty, in his control, um, in his power, in his will, not just for your own life, but for those around you and everyone else. And I think back to just the second episode, the season where it was justice's wife and how justice was the disciple that wasn't chosen. He, or he wasn't Mm. the disciple that was chosen and he, they cast lots and he was not the one it was Matthias. And, um, from his wife's perspective, of course, this is an imagination of a story that could have been, um, but same in that story were justice and his wife going to continue to serve the Lord, because that is what he asked them to do. Even if the title wasn't there, even if he didn't quote show up for them that day and make his name be the one that was chosen and written in the history books, were they going to continue on in faithful service, um, making Jesus's name known, nothing fancy, nothing to write in history books, nothing significant in the world standards, but it was the right thing. And it was enough. And we're all going to have to come to that place. That is a place of growth and maturity in all of us, not seeing Jesus as a genie, but as a, a loving, kind father who not only knows what's best for us, but for every single person and what's best forever in history, like things we can't even comprehend. Exactly. Don't you love how the word history yes. is his, his story? Mm-hmm. I love that. Yes, I, I that. do. So much, so much. So for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Cindy, what, what uh, has been a repe- repetitive saying from the Lord in your life? So what, what has he whispered to you in maybe the darkest times or maybe uh, the greatest times? What, what, is, what is something uh, that you've just been impressed upon from the Lord? Well, I, you know, there, there have been several, but I guess for today, the one that seems to be coming to the forefront is during those step studies, I mean, I've done uh, several now over the years, mm-hmm. um, but the big thing I heard from him and where I finally got the freedom I was so desperate 
for but could never seem to find was when he clearly said to me, there's freedom on the other side of forgiveness. Hmm. And that, that phrase has come back to me over and over and over, over the years that um, um, not only did I have to forgive the wrong done to me as a child, which was easy for me to do because I was able to see and say, I know that the people who did sin to me, I, I know in their hearts they were doing the best they could. Mm -hmm. And so it was easy for me to forgive. And I knew God forgave me. Um, I had come to him um, weeping, um, sick with sorrow for the wrongs I had done. Mm. And, uh, but the, the one that I struggled with for years was forgiving myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would, I would hear people tell, oh, this is how I forgave myself or, you know, lots of stories and anecdotal, you know, three-step processes. And, um, but I could never, it was like the sin was stuck to me and I could not shake it off, even though I would say I forgive myself and I know God forgives me. I, but it would just stick to me until I realized. Um, and let me just do a sidebar. Uh, Performance-based acceptance was a big deal in my world. Mm -hmm. that I, I had to be perfect to be loved growing up. And, uh, not being good. I was never good enough. I never felt like I was good enough mm. in my world. Um, and so when I realized that me, by not forgiving myself, that was like me saying to Jesus, um, you know, I know you died on the cross and I know you did it for me, but it just wasn't good enough. Mm. And when that came to me I knew oh no I can't that's I can't even imagine saying that to him right so of course I forgive myself what you did for me was more than enough yes. and that's that's when the the sin fell off of me if you will mm. and so to keep to keep that list in front of me of all the stuff that Jesus has forgiven me for um, enables me in a that and it's a good word in that context it enables me to forgive others because how can I not how can right. I not forgive others for what's been done because I know my list and I know Jesus forgave me so of course I'm going to extend that same forgiveness to others and there really is freedom in forgiveness there's just this yes. lightness, there's this openness, there's this joy that comes mm. from free from forgiving. I hold I hold no grudges, I hold no animosity. It doesn't cause there's no bitterness in me because I'm not forgiving. There's just there's so much freedom on the other side of forgiveness. That that's been one that has really stuck with me over the years. Yes. 
Oh, Cindy, you're, you're full of truth and um, incredible stories. And I am grateful to um, have heard this today. Anything you would like to leave our listeners with? Um, like, what are you hanging on to as you look toward an uncertain future, whether it's fires, plagues, um, coronavirus, family disorder? What, what, are, what are you holding on to? You know, it's not what I'm holding on to. It's who's holding on to me. Ooh, preach. <laughs> there's a, there's a uh, passage in, in scripture that talks about where uh, God says to Isaiah, um, I'm holding you with my right hand. It's a picture of God holding on to me by the shoulders, looking me straight in the eye. And hmm. he says, don't panic. That the, the message uses that those words, right. don't panic. I'm not letting go. It is so good. And that has been a touchstone for me for, for several years now that he, yes. he has a hold of me. I don't even have to be strong enough to, to hold on to him because he's yes. not going to let go of me. Well, thank you so much, uh, Cindy, for sharing your life with us and the, just the encouragement it is to hear um, how sometimes walking with Jesus continues to be messy. Mm -hmm. And we, as a result of, of seeing and hearing from you, we can know that there is hope mm -hmm. because um, God is right there. And it doesn't have to look pretty and perfect to mean uh, that God is with us. Right. Um, God is with us despite anything and everything we could be currently facing in our lives and that his promises are stronger than our performance yes. and we can trust him with that. And, but yet even that is a process. You've done a lot of hard work to, to come to a place to like authentically believe that and live that out. And so it's an encouragement for all of us listening that sometimes like it takes that extra step. Um, obviously we need to be in the word. We need to be, yes. you know, finding people who can help us, but there are, there are resources like celebrate recovery that are meant to help people walk, walk through some of, of these hard issues in our life. And there is no shame in that. It right. is a beautiful, amazing thing, a gift that you could give yourself. So, yes. um, hear that as well today that, um, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to step into a cell recovery group. It's um, a beautiful thing to just open your Bible in the dark yes. of your closet. Yes. God is there and he is with you and he will never leave you, never forsake you. So thank you, Cindy, for being our guest today and for being a wonderful, dear, faithful sister in Christ with me. I love you, Courtney Lee. I love you too. We really did it there, didn't we? <laughs> so much to think about and process through. Cindy is a testament of the power and work of Jesus, and she reminds me of his grace and care every single day. Her story doesn't just have to be her own, though. There's room for more sojourners on this quest to walk hand in hand with Jesus. Everyone gets a seat at the table. God's grace covers it all. As she said, there is freedom on the other side of forgiveness. 
please, please chat with someone today about how knowing Jesus could change all of your life in eternity. I also wanted to take a quick minute to express my sincere thanks to all those involved in making this first season possible. From my mom and hubby's encouragement and support, to my kids who had to get their own breakfast so I could write and record, to those who gave their skills, Mackenzie, Ellie, and Becky, and the guests, Misty, Robin, Cindy, and all of you amazing listeners who keep coming back and digging deeper into the stories around you, and ultimately, to God. May he get all the glory forever and always. But stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Season two begins next Friday. It's a series of stories from people listed in chapter one of Matthew, the genealogy of Jesus. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Please come back. Blessings on your week. Signing off for now, your podcast parables host, Courtney Lee.